giving. So I'm going to read this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 6. I um, can't remember what page it's on in the Red Bibles, but there's Bibles on the shelf over there, and it's going to be on the screen. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wonderful. So uh, I'd like to talk a little bit to begin with on generosity uh, and say that when we are generous in any way, not, not simply with our money, but generous in any way, we are imitating God. When we're generous, we're imitating God. And therefore, generosity should be a normal part of the Christian life. Generosity is a hallmark of the kingdom of God and, there, and therefore should be the thing that characterizes those who are citizens of that kingdom. It says in scripture that we're citizens of the kingdom. We all are. If you come to Christ, you become a citizen of that kingdom. Our very relationship with God is on the sole basis of God's generosity towards us. And this is grace. We talk about it a lot. God's riches at Christ's expense. It's grace. God gives out of love. And we're called to follow his example. When we were sinners, Christ died for us. We know the scripture. Our whole standing before God, our relationship with him, his work in our lives is solely an act of grace. He's utterly grace. It is generosity giving us what we could never deserve, what we could never attain ourselves. In scripture it says that we're in Christ. And I heard someone the other day talk about us being enfolded within his heart, into his heart. That's our location. We're in Christ. And more than that, we have his spirit living within us. If you've come to Christ, you have received the spirit. The spirit is living in you. So it's a reasonable expectation that we will display some kind of family likeness as we become sons and daughters of a generous king. Generosity can show itself in many different ways. Uh, attitude towards people and relationships, that's one way. Willingness to forgive, uh, to talk and think well of people, that's generosity. Uh, towards, um, towards God as a token of our gratitude of what he's done, that sense of generosity. Uh, with our resources, with our time, with our energy and money as we seek to advance and progress God's kingdom. But today I want to talk specifically about the latter, about money 
about our resources as we consider this before the Lord. So is everyone all right with that? Great. Wonderful. So my favorite verse out of, this script, out of this scripture, which is an amazing little scripture, is verse 7. God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Do you find that challenging? Am I a cheerful giver? I might be a cheerful person, but am I a cheerful giver? Are you a cheerful giver? You're smiling at me, so that's a good start. Um, the Greek, I don't know a lot about the Greek, but I read this somewhere. The Greek kind of raises the stakes for us a little bit. Uh, and the word used for um, cheerful here is actually uh, what is the root word for hilarious. So really, if we were to read it as it is in the Greek, God loves a hilarious giver. A hilarious giver. Giving may not be the most fun subject, but I wonder if you turn to your neighbour and just tell them, when I've said we're looking at joyful giving, what kind of face would you draw on a piece of paper? Would it be a kind of really sad face? Would it be an utterly terrified face? Or would it be, uh, I'm I'm so up for this talk, I love giving kind of face? Just turn to your neighbour and let them know. What kind of face would it be for you? I love giving. Maybe there's some people like that. That's wonderful. I won't ask you to put your hands up or anything like that. I just thought I'd get us thinking. Uh, To be honest, it's probably not that hilarious for most of us. Probably not a word we'd use about giving. And maybe a lot of us wouldn't even use the word joyful. uh, And probably not cheerful either. But Jesus, uh, through Paul here, seems to be talking to us about it. Uh, I used to find giving something that was awkward. Uh, I found it awkward when it was spoken about in church. And I used to sometimes find it a bit offensive. Um, that someone would suggest that God would have something to say about how I spend my money, what I do with my resource. I don't know if anybody else is in that camp. Um, But this word, hilarious, hilarious giver, joyful giver, challenges me and somehow intrigues me. How do I, how do we become hilarious givers? What does that even mean? What does hilarious giving mean? How do we step into this joy of giving? So in order to be able to do that, I thought we'd ask the question, why is giving sometimes not joyful or hilarious? And I would suggest, and I think Jesus seems to say this too, that we give money too much power. Paul in Titus 1 says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Strong words, the root of all evil. Notice that it's love of money, not money itself. It's love of money. Jesus talks about money more than anything else other than the kingdom of God in scripture. This seems to be a big deal according to that. If Jesus talks about it that much, maybe it's something we should talk about a little bit. In fact, if we talk about money as much as he did, then every third or fourth sermon, probably two times out of the month, we'd be doing a talk on money if we were to follow suit with Jesus. That's how important it is. Um, He seems to think this is a a key issue of discipleship, what it means to follow Jesus. He says in Matthew 6, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. When we love or give our hearts to something, we're doing two things. We're saying in that thing we're finding our significance. 
Our sense of worth may be coming from money. We're also saying in that thing I find, or I'm looking to find my security, our sense of safety coming from money. But the problem is with money, it can't give us lasting significance or true security. How do we break money's power in our lives? You're probably sorted on this, I'm sure. But how do we break money's power in our lives? Well, by becoming joyful, hilarious givers, is what Paul says. So shall we have a look at how to do that? I'm going to do a kind of formula for us. Uh, This is the first one. Get to know the giver. hope you like my slides. It took me forever uh, to do this slide. Literally black and white, straight on there. But illustrates a point. Get to know the giver. When we give in a cheerful, hilarious, joyful way, it's not a sign of legalism, is it? It's not that we've been forced to. I wouldn't think that, that wouldn't be very cheerful. So it's not a, a case of legalism. It's not even a sign of commitment to this church or whatever church we're a part of when we give cheerfully. That's not the point. Rather, it's a sign of our own generosity. It's a sign of God being at work in our lives. It's a sign of grace. And when we truly receive the gift of grace, it will always it will always result in us giving away. It doesn't result in us clinging to things. When we receive true grace, it always results in us giving away. And it's the same with every part of generosity, and it's the same with money as well. When we truly receive the gift of grace, we can't help but give away. We will be miserable givers Um, We'll be legalistic or we'll be feeling guilty unless something else gives us that sense of significance and security. We tend to hold on to money less tightly when we hold God firmly, is what a friend of mine said to me this week. We tend to hold on to money less tightly when we hold God firmly. Challenging for us all. We only know how to love because God first loved us. We can only forgive because we have been first forgiven. We can only give if we know how much we have been given in Christ Jesus. If we want to be a joyful giver, get to know the giver. That's the first part of the equation. It's probably not seamless, but let's, let's carry on. Second bit, get to know the giver, get into the flow of grace. It says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. If you want giving to be joyful, we, we give generously. That's the start. A friend of mine, again, put it like this. Uh, I, I just like the way he put it. This is your basic agricultural truism. Never heard those words before. This is your basic agricultural truism. The more you sow, the more you reap. If you want to catch fish, go fishing. If you want to catch a lot of fish, you have to go fishing a lot. Almost invariably, those who see their friends, family and colleagues come to faith speak to a lot of people. They proclaim their faith generously. There's a sense of generosity 
doing it generously, almost liberally, throwing out. Christians who always have stories about God's supernatural intervention in their life are people who try to follow the Spirit. I don't think we often see it by not trying to follow the Spirit. They open themselves to the Spirit regularly and pray for people generously. And generosity is more important than precision a lot of the time because God is a generous God. It's not necessarily about how we do it, it's about how generous we've been with it. When we are generous, we get in the flow of grace. Why? Because it reflects our Heavenly Father's heart. He is generous and He is gracious. To kind of talk about it from my own life a little bit, um, I remember um, when I was an ordinand in Bristol, a trainee vicar. Um, we were okay uh, money-wise, but money, money was tight. That's the nature of being an ordinand. Uh, Emily uh, had a childminding job for a few hours a week. Um, uh, and what we'd do with that money was rather than spend it, we'd, well, we'd sometimes spend it, but uh, we'd put most of it in this jar. It was like, did anyone have those hero tins that were shaped in a bus one Christmas? No? Okay. Well, we'd kept one of those, and that was our money tin. Uh, So we used to put this money uh, in that tin uh, with the hope uh, that this would pay for some sort of holiday for us in the summer. That was the dream. But when the time came, we realized we had enough uh, to fly to Italy and to hire a car. Um, uh, and to live very simply. We had some friends who who were going to put us up there, which was amazing. But we probably wouldn't be able to do a lot other than that and not afford a lot of petrol um, and not do a lot more. So so thinking we'd just go for it, we booked uh, to go. uh, And the night before we went, some friends rang up and said, we just want to transfer £150 to you um, just to bless you on your holiday. Oh, thanks, that's really nice. £150 then was a lot, a lot of money when you were an ordinary. Um, uh, and it was amazing. Uh, and the next morning, we're about to leave, um, uh, and a member of our family rang up and gave us another £100 towards our holiday for us to enjoy our holidays. Um, so now in a much better position uh, to enjoy our holiday, are planning how we would spend it on um, copious amounts of ice cream and Peroni beer, probably. Uh, we felt God ask us to give a, give a portion of that money away. And this, is, this is small uh, amounts of money, but the, the principle applies to whatever amount of money. So we prayed and felt God give us the figure of £50 to give away of that money. I don't know what percentage that is, it doesn't really matter. Um, it felt a little counter intuitive. We didn't have enough, and now we had enough, but now we weren't going to have enough again, because I was giving it away. What were we doing? Um, I think the kingdom's sometimes a little bit like that. I think God's economy is often a little bit like that. Um, so we gave it anyway. It's all his, we thought. So we gave £50 away. Um, anyway, we got to Italy. We arrived at our friend's house, uh, and on the bed there was an envelope with a card saying, This is for those should we, could we moments. Uh, And it had 250 euros uh, in there. Uh, Nearly five times the amount we'd given away before we'd gone. It's not a slot machine. That's not what I'm saying. That's not the way it works. But God's economy is something very different to ours. Those who sow generously will reap generously. Maybe the person would have put the money there anyway. I don't know, but it was five times the amount we'd given away, and we'd followed the Spirit's lead on that. God does the rest. Uh, but it's just one of those stories where we were like, that, that seems like a God thing. 
we'll take it as a God thing, because it's his anyway. God's economy is different. So we get to know the giver, we get in the flow of grace, and we become joyful givers. We start joyful giving. We become hilarious givers, despite our financial circumstances. It doesn't matter if there's a, there's a mound of money or there's very little, the principle still applies. Money, instead of being a constant worry and anxiety, will instead become a source of fun in the kingdom of God. What will the Lord do? How is he going to deal with this for me? It's a lot more fun when you rely on him than yourself with money. Money will lose its power over us, and we will notice more of God's power working through us as we do this. When we get our significance and security from God and God alone, when we exercise faith, when we get in the flow of grace, giving becomes joyful. So how and to whom do I give? Should I give? Verse 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. For me, this is following the Spirit. The simple answer is we give as the Spirit leads. Just as we do everything else in the Christian life, or at least we're called to, at least Jesus modelled it that way. We don't give under any kind of law. Uh, There's no laws about money that we're talking about. That's just not the point. Jesus only did what he saw his Father doing, and he discerned this by the power of the Spirit. So our question ought to be, what is the Father doing and how do I sow into that with what I have? What is the Father doing and how do I sow into that with what I have? There's some obvious things. There's an expectation in the New Testament that Christians will set aside a proportion of their income to support the work of their particular church. There are some key things like that. Here at St. Barnabas, we're followers of Jesus sharing the goodness of God with everyone. We seek to do this, we seek to be this, we seek to be more of this. Every year, you may have noticed, we're trying to be more of that. Uh, All of us. It's not just the staff team. It's not just those that preach. This is for all of us. As a family together, we're seeking to live out that vision. And we talk more about that vision and what all that means at another time. We have points in the year where we can do that. But by giving to St. Barnabas, it goes towards this aim as we seek to do this together as a family. To expand further into seeing people connect with, to encounter Jesus across the city and wider. That's ultimately what it's there for. And we seek to do that with the Spirit's lead. Some people find it helpful to start looking at uh, 10% of their income. That's, that's a good starting point. Uh, as first fruits to the Lord, because he is the giver himself. Um, something of giving the first fruits back to him. We give it back to him. That's a good starting point. Others may well have been giving a percentage of your income uh, for years, and this may be a time to come back to the giver himself and consider what he wants you to do in response to him, in response to his grace. I heard one person said, and I, I, I find this very challenging myself, but they said, give until it hurts. Does that hit anybody else this morning? Give until it hurts, until God has to show up. Until it becomes generous, until it becomes sacrificial, until it becomes a hilarious example 
of trusting in God. Maybe some of us are called into that at the moment to become that hilarious, sacrificial giver. Maybe others are at the start of the journey. We try to make it as easy as possible uh, for people to give, um, simply because Jesus talks about it so much, it's quite an important thing for us to get this in check, as often it can mean that other areas are not in check if we don't get this one in check. Often power, often control uh, can be a problem if we don't get money in check. So we've set it up quite simply. We have envelopes that say give on them, uh, because these are the giving envelopes. That's why it says give on them. Uh, And we can give in several ways. Many of you know this, but I'm saying it again because we're called to say it again and again and again. Give by standing order. This is the most helpful way because it helps us budget. We know what's coming in. Uh, We know what money's coming in. So if you can do that, if you are doing that, fantastic. Giving by standing order. We can do it by text. If you prefer, you can give a fiver, give a tenner uh, over a text. The details of that are on the website. That's another way of giving. We give in the cash bag as it comes round. We've been looking at ways why we do that, and we realise we want it right in the centre part of our worship. That's why we still have a bag going round. For some people, they give by cash as well. But it also reminds us, in the middle of worship, this is the Lord's. I'm giving back to him. So even as the bag goes round, just thank the Lord and ask him how he wants you to respond even if you're already giving. That's a good reminder each week with that bag. Um, If you're doing any of those things already, two things. One, we constantly have to review it in line with what the Spirit's saying. What's the Father doing, and how am I sowing into that? And two, the Father may ask us, the Spirit may lead us to give one-off gifts as well. So I'm going to leave that. I'll leave that in your hands in terms of how. Um, And there's more information on our brand new welcome area with all the giving cards set up there, and it's quite clearly laid out on the website as well. There's easy ways to get involved in this. So it's a faith journey for us. Uh, It's often stepping stones. It's been my journey, stepping stones of little bits of faith, uh, little bits of seeing what the Lord does here, um, trying to trust him. We give as we're able, and God sometimes asks us to give more. People are in different circumstances, so there's not a legalistic burden. That's just not the point. That's not why we talk about money. It's a response to grace. It is. Giving is a response to grace. It's not how much or how little, rich or poor, new Christian, old Christian, not sure if I am a Christian, just a little bit intrigued, wherever you are on that. The question is, what's your response to grace? Freely given to you, how do you respond with what you have? We don't want to talk about money solely in a reactionary way. Um, we, need, we need money for this or, or this at this time. There, there are times when that is needed and we do do that. But we also want to talk about money as an ongoing central part of what it means to follow Jesus. Because Jesus spoke about it so much, we have to talk about it like he did. And not shy away from the challenge and the offence of our hearts when we do. So on top of giving to church, we're also encouraging the Bible to give to the poor especially the poor amongst the body of Christ, but not exclusively. The Spirit may well direct us to give to relieve situations um, or people we know around us that are in situations, but that's part of being open to the Spirit. Father, what are you doing? What do I do? So there's this church, the poor, there's the situations around us. That is what um, he says to us in Scripture. I, I was thinking before, there's been times in my story where We've not really known when the next bit of money was coming in, and and we've received the classic brown envelope 
don't know if anybody else has received a brown envelope with cash before. We have, on a few occasions, not many. Wouldn't it be amazing if we were a brown envelope church? We're generous in many ways. But is the Lord asking us to become hilarious in our giving in response to his grace? If brown envelopes were an everyday occurrence for those in need. So, take the leap of faith, knowing that your Father's arms are there. Be generous because God is generous. And you have the family likeness. Get to know the giver. Get into the flow of grace. And become a joyful, hilarious giver.